Hey guys, thanks a lot for listening to another episode of Video Dread. We super appreciate it. If you would like to support us more, please rate, give us a five-star review or a one-star review, whatever. Write something down on the comments in the podcasts app that you are listening to us through. Also follow us on Twitter. We are at Video Dread Pod. On Instagram, we are at Video Dread Podcast. And we are about to get a Slasher account if you are on Slasher. It's kind of a new app. It's kind of a bar social media app. Uh, look for us out there on, on there. Thanks for the support, fiends. Why do we do it? Why do we watch horror films and read horror novels and play horror video games? Stick around. Pain. Not pain. The pain of being dead. I can feel myself rot. It's ring right now. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is uh, episode blah, blah, blah. How, what are we on now, guys? Uh, 28. We're on episode 28. Thanks for sticking with us a whole year. Yeah. <laughs> season, <laughs> one a whole year. <laughs> season one is over. Season one is over. Welcome to season two. This is like fifth no, they, episode this of season This is the two. bloopers. This is the bloopers, yeah. We're uh, approaching the Halloween season, as we spoke about last time. Um, and I am very excited to kind of get in the mood of that we're kind of going back to some of our uh favorite favorite villains of all horror and we're gonna hit into how oops i was gonna say halloween <laughs> what i was gonna say halloween <laughs> oh we're gonna hit Hall- into uh <laughs> we're gonna do shallow we're gonna watch shallow how shallow <laughs> i love that movie <laughs> we're gonna do hellraiser 3 uh this week and it is near and dear to our hearts in more ways than one because it was filmed in our neck of the woods for most of the film uh, in North Carolina, which is pretty rad. We've been to some of these places, and we'll talk about that a bit. But let's talk about the film's uh, kind of production and stuff. Who is the director? Anthony Hickox. Hickox, and he did Waxwork. Well, maybe we should revisit Waxwork, because that's what I'm doing in my life. I'm not going to hate no, on movies. It- I'm going to revisit them and see if I like them. Waxworks is really good. There's also a waxwork throwback in this movie, uh, a Zach Galligan cameo, oh. who was in uh, who was in Waxwork. He was also um, Billy in in uh, Gremlins. Okay, you're gonna have to show me that in this episode. I will, because I did not notice that. Yeah, same here. It, I've never like seen a, Waxwork either. It's fine. It's like generic phantasm or something. It's. I don't it's know. It's fun. It's got a uh, Sala from um, Raider of the Lost Ark in it. He's a werewolf man. A, a, a werewolf man. Wolf. A werewolf man. Indy. At a werewolf. A werewolf. Indy. So yeah, um, shot in Greensboro, High Point, uh, North Carolina. Green um, Street Club. Well, I was reading about that, and they're saying actually it was not shot there. It was shot in High Point in a furniture museum. I'd like to fact check that because the the club actually does look just like Green Street Club. I know. 
So, yeah, it looks exactly like it. Uh, also, the the scene at the end was filmed at Wake Forest when they were building one of the chapels in the '90s. That's pretty rad. Yeah, I like that. When this movie came out, they had casting calls, and my sister and my ex brother in law were supposed to be in this. Uh, they were extras during the club scene. My sister got the scene that she was in got cut, but my ex brother in law he still got to be in the movie, and he's one of the dead soldiers in the trench scene. Oh, that's oh, cool. in the World War. One, yeah, scene? yeah, which doesn't really matter because that dude's a piece of shit anyway. So. Wait, is that World War One? Yeah, because um, it talks about it in uh, the origin of Pinhead and Elliot Spencer that he was born in like eighteen something oh, and he went what, through World War One. Okay, well, I was confused because there's then are there two different war sequences? Yeah, because her father was in Vietnam. Right, that's I was yeah. just thinking Elliot Spencer is like going. Time traveling through wars, Not and yet. she he was just communicating to uh, Joey through uh, that particular war because she keeps dreaming about it. Yeah, so it, it, you're right. Uh, it, it's kind of like convoluted and kind of well. We kind of need to get into the uh, this yeah. movie for before we. It's like hell. It's like Hellraiser meets Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah, it is. It exactly <laughs> is. These, yeah, and, and just you know, yeah, I was just gonna kind of give it a little bit of backstory about where. We stand with Doug Bradley's character from Hellraiser Two, just yes, real quick. Because you you've re- recently watched that. I'd like. I was yeah. interested in some of that. And they, they all right. So the movie and it gets to it pretty early in the movie. Like it uh, gives a backstory of what's up with Pinhead. So you know we're introduced to Pinhead in part one, obviously. In part two, we start to see like, uh oh. Pinhead has not always been a demon. He was a human. He was a what was his Elliot rank? Spencer? No, what was his rank in the? Oh, I don't know his rank. Oh, he was like a uh, Scott. Uh, he was a British soldier, colonel or something yeah, like he that. He was like he was of high a little bit of a higher ranking person, but he discovers the box and uh, he was he explains a little more in part three that he was like searching for forbidden fle- pleasures and was taken by the box and was transformed into Pinhead. Forgot all about his former human life and yeah. in part two the main uh, uh, protagonist reminds him that he was human and thus it transforms him back into a human and he becomes good for a brief moment before he's killed by new Cenobite Dr. Kennard. So now... Spoiler alert! Yeah, well, this is just a preface. You get this all in part three, too. They do it really quick. But, That's true, they do. But yeah. So after that, he's put into this spinning thing. It's in part one and part two. I don't know if it has a name, if it's in the if it's in Hellbound Heart. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's, it's just that a column. Like the, it's like the pill column, yeah. I call it, it a so column. so bad. It yeah, so bad. He's like rolling park. around and his face is in it, like pulsating. Now in part three, when we see him, it's like a statue with other weird, uh, like snakes and people's faces and other like it's a, macabre shit. It's a big Giger. It's a big Giger-esque type statue pillar thing. I'm pretty sure I saw Quaid. Not Quaid. Quato. Uh, <laughs> Quato. I thought I saw Sloth in that thing. Yeah. For a minute, we'll, we'll get into that. I was like, oh my god, that's fucking Sloth. Yeah, so that's a good setup. Um, I'm in hell, you guys. Is it, you guys. Is it Shenard? Been had you been bad. No, I. All right, so everyone pronounces it in the movies Shenard. My whole life, I've called him Kennard. So I thought it was Clenard. Clenard. It's Shenard. Shenard. Okay, I'm just getting that right because I keep. I'm glad you're wrong too. Yeah. But I'm still. You call keep calling Clenard. I'm gonna call him Kennard. Yeah. 
Um, call him Chad Chadnard. Chad Chadnard. Before we start into it, I wanted to go through the cast because you have uh, Terry Farrell. Farrell? Farrell? Is that how you say we have it? Pa- we have Perry Farrell. Perry Farrell. Farrell. Just call her Terry. <laughs> Just Terry is fine. Terry, but she apparently has a huge following because uh, she was in Deep Space Nine. The Trekkies yeah. love that lady. Is this Bro. the lady y'all were talking about having a big crush on? No, that's Paula Marshall. That is Terry. Terry, I had a huge crush on. She that's was what in... I was saying. You, oh, you were talking about Joey. You were calling oh, her wait. by her her real life name. Yes, I didn't realize until I'm looking at it right now that Terry Farrell. We need to start. His over. name's Joey. Also, char- she... character names only until you talk about your crush. Also, she was the love interest of the the nerd kid in Rodney Dangerfield Back to School. Yes, she was. Yeah, she was Valerie. Wait, Joey. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Joey was. Always, yeah, I always get her confused with like, what's her face, and then the girl from, um, with Christine. But that can't be because timelines don't match up. Yeah, yeah. Now Paula Marshall, which plays the character Terry, was in uh, Warlock, Armageddon, and a bunch of other stuff, and she's a, a huge crush of mine from that time period. I think um there's a generic like named Sam Elliott in here, but I don't know anybody else. Do you do you know Amy Lee? I don't. Like I tried to look up anything that she did and it just didn't really do anything. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Um she is just like a character actor. Yep. Apparently. Uh like she was in she did like uh voices in video games for like uh, like an aliens game, she was in a Predator, like a Predator, one of the bad Predator movies. I think. I think she was somebody in the uh, Land of the Dead movie, which was not, not, not the strongest uh, <laughs> zombie movie. No. Was, the, was it the Dire of the Dead? That was the worst thing ever. Um, but yeah, I never saw that one. Yeah, it's you don't have to ever. So yeah, um, biggest name probably Doug Bradley and Terry Farrell. Farrell. We start out like Dustin says. JP finds the statue, and he just thinks it's a piece of artwork, right? And he uh, he wants it, and it's it's like this guy almost looks like a hobo. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was uh, like, he's a hobo, right? Yeah. I, well, I thought he was supposed to be kind of like the character from Part One and Part Two that Clive Barker played. The what's your pleasure, sir? Guy. Yeah, like the. The cricket, the cricket eating bum. Yeah, that was Clive Barker, right? I in part think one, so? in part one at least, is Clive Barker. Uh, yeah, but um, anyways, that's who I thought that was supposed to be. And the guy JP is like, "How much you want for?" It? And he's like, "How about you pay me what you think it's worth?" And he pulls out like a small wad of cash, and the guy slaps his hand, and it's like, "Hey, it, or this is completely worth it." And it's basically like. Okay, you've just paid a little more than what you thought you did, JP, you fucking idiot. You sold your soul, man! I've got some other things in the back I would like to include in this. Would you like some refreshments? I have a whole case of Pepsi back here that I've been hanging on to for a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come anymore. on. If you're going to sell your soul, get a little more out of it. Come on! I knew you get thirsty. There's Pepsi. Also, that uh, that uh, gallery they were in, it's called the Pyramid Gallery, and it's still in uh, downtown Greensboro today. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, we move right into meeting Joey, um, who is a reporter. She gets no respect, it seems. She's struggling to get her good I can't get story. no freaking respect around here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, over here. Yeah, she learned a lot from uh, back to school. Ex- exactly from Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> I saw a guy jump off of a fucking dive board three times, and I, he got no respect. <laughs> and it, 
she she's got take my wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a cameraman friend who is the guy I was saying that looks like a, a broke Sam Elliott. Yeah, that's Doc. Yeah, Doc. He comes in later. The <laughs> okay. soft voice supreme. Yeah. It's kind of an asshole. Also, the acting in this film, uh, the actors that aren't good, they're really not good. Doc is oh, not mm-hmm. very good. No, Doc is not good. But, but it's not fun. It, it makes much. it for the fun. Yeah, he gets called to another shoot, and he tries to take her, and she can't go. Uh, and he, this, I just have to bring this up because he's like, he has the most amount of one-liners in the film, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because he's like, the story of your life might be right around the corner. And as soon as that happens, this is when the shit goes <laughs> down. Um, it's it, She's like in a hospital already doing a story. And then all of a sudden, a gurney busts in the door of the hallway of the hospital. And you see chains hanging from it and blood shooting everywhere. Or not shooting. It's just kind of dragging blood everywhere. And there's like a wounded man on it. And you also meet... Terry, and she is following this like murder scene. Yeah, it's like is it is it a dude that's on the table? Yeah, yeah. He has chains hanging off him. It's very sim. It's a throwback to uh, Hellraiser one. Yeah, when uh, Kirsty's dad is being ripped by chains, does the famous Jesus wept scene. Yeah. So, but this one's way more explosive. Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> like Terry it's, just is like, what is going on? And, or sorry, excuse me, Joey. Uh, now y'all got me fucked up. Um, Joe, uh, Joey comes in. It's like, what's going on? And it's pretty cool CGI for us. Or I'm sorry, pretty cool practical special effects for a second. Rips this dude immediately. Like he explodes and then it's shitty. It's fucking, his head explodes. And He's making like these pig sounds beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's no there's no blood when his head explodes, but there is one bloody handprint on the back of a wall behind a, mur- a nurse. Did you notice that? I'm like, where the fuck yeah. did that come from? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Also, when like Terry comes walking out the door and you see the body on the gurney, the head's still intact and it's just chilling. Like he's just laying there. Like, oh man, that was a really bad. <laughs> Oh, really glad they came back. I love the uh, paramedics who are pushing them in and shit. One of them says to the other guy, he's like. You ever seen anything like this before? And the other guy's like, yeah, sure I have. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Leave me alone, Steve. I don't care tonight, okay? My head fucking hurts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, so before his head explodes, though, all the chains like shoot up in the air, and they're like full of that blue electrical charge that you see in a lot of movies of this era. It, it reminded it's me of it's Shocker. It's in Hellraiser 2 and 1. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, shitty. That- it's shitty, but it's cool for the time. Yeah. But, uh, that masses of the universe electricity. Yes, that's a good one, Auntie. The or uh, action, Big Trouble and Little China, right? There. Yes, yeah, you leave Jack one. Button alone. We are in this debt. So I didn't understand why Joey is like after the head explodes. I know that's traumatic and shit. And I would, I don't. She just starts coughing a shit ton in the hallway, like coughing. Did his head smoke? Get to I mean, lungs? don't you do that? Don't you do that to avoid throwing up? I know that whenever I'm starting to feel like I'm about to puke, I'm like, if I just cough it out, then my body won't know. Well, to throw up. Uh, maybe it's from fucking uh, Terry uh, chain smoking like a motherfucker this whole movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking smashing those fucking cowboy killers yeah. like a motherfucker. Cowboy got those. Yeah, I mean, she's in Greensboro, man. She's smashing those Marlboro Reds. Yeah, like, shit. She's close to Winston, man. Camels. I know that. That's what I'm saying because she's right across. The Another ridiculous point in this movie is, you know, Joey's going home and she's riding a bus home. All of a sudden, there's like this crazy 
cat screeching noise and there's a homeless woman attacking the side of the bus. Did y'all notice that at all? Yeah, like out of nowhere, decided, hey! and she's like, oh, hey, hey, guy. What and the she's fuck is that? At her the whole time. You know, like when you, like how bums do in any city, they just randomly attack fucking buses. With, with cat noises? Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. You never, you never do that. Hey, big man. Hey, big. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on, big man? Yeah. <laughs> then they, uh, Joey starts looking for Pam, or not Pam, oh, Jesus Terry. Christ, Terry, Terry at the boiler With an room. eye. Oh, my God. So she goes to this rad fucking place. It's like this boiler room. It looks like the gas works from fucking Wayne's World. I was just thinking shit. that, man. Oh, yeah. And also makes and me think of the boiler room in Nightmare on Elm Street. Exactly. And it's this huge fucking place. And she goes in, and it's like this huge bar this art bar first and you go in there's like artwork of like a, a baby with scissors and like yeah. a dude with like a, a, a oh, black she... figure with like a barbed wire it's jp's it's just... art oh yeah his art you know the, the art i think i actually think it's like it might be clive barker's art that's very true it could be or like a super reminiscent to his painting so you go to one section it's all this little bar and then you go to the next section, it's this huge uh, metal venue, and fucking Armored Saint is playing. <laughs> and Hell, Razor! Fucking, fucking love Armored Saint. Um, and then you go to, like, the next level, and it's just this fine dining establishment. Oh, with my just, God. It's, it's like a complete 180. It's like it's like that fancy restaurant made out of glass that was in Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that had no door. Yeah. It looked just like that. Like, what the fuck is this? And you meet JP again, and he is the biggest shithead dirtbag in the world. Also, his voice changes a number of times in this movie. Like, I feel like they have to come in and do ADR to completely replace scenes of his voice because sometimes he's like, hey, baby, yeah. To, what you doing later? It's, it's like, I was watching it with Kay and she kept pointing that I was like, is that his voice? And it, it happens on and off at least two or three times. It's pretty odd, but fuck this dude so much. I Did hate you, There was something in the background. Did you see that thing dancing in the window? It looked like Wes from a... Uh, 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 Road Warrior or uh, <laughs> really, Mad Max it has like a mohawk and like Barnum feathers Wells on it and shit there. and he's like <laughs> yeah I, I, you can run but you can't dance <laughs> oh yeah uh, at the Armored Saint show they have multiple cage dancers yep I was looking at the IMDB and there's one of them is the, his name is Flame Flame yeah one of the dancers in the cage is named Flame so here comes something very important in this movie for some reason flashes to war scenes like it is off-putting at first it's like vietnam is the first one um, yeah well then, wait i can the war did, war one or two does terry track her joey down not yet but that is that how it happens but joey goes to the club looking for terry can't find him she talks to jp jp's like fuck off you know, and Terry is sitting right there, and she sees Joey looking for her, and JP tears a card up, and then they move on, and she's right. I just kind of wanted to address that a little bit, and um, so Joey's having dreams about her daddy dying in Vietnam. Um, she says "daddy" a lot. It makes me feel uncomfortable for some reason. I don't like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My daddy's still alive. Oh, daddy, please. Oh, this is Voodoo coming for you. <laughs> Who is your daddy, and what does he do? 
but <laughs> <laughs> but Terry does uh, find the card, and she she goes and she calls Joey and proceeds to well. I guess Joey invites her over. No, Terry asks if she can come over and have a place to stay. Like, fast. Yeah, real fast. Like, one of the first like, things. Uh... Joey's like, tonight? She's like, yeah. What do you mean? Is there a man over there or something? And then she doesn't really leave ever. I think she's still there in Joey's apartment to this day. Yeah, but, uh, well, they get in a fight at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Greensboro, <laughs> I was reading... Because in Joey's apartment, there's like this big view. They talk about it eventually. And apparently they shot in Greensboro, right? But it's supposed mm. to be a stand-in for New York City. which Yeah. Because n- n- this is supposed to be set in New York City. <laughs> Isn't there a like real, life, a co- real life venue called The Boiler Room? Yeah. And I thought that was in California. I'm sure. Okay, sorry. Yeah. It's like not a comparison. Like at the beginning... Of the movie when they show him like pulling up to the thing you see this backdrop of a city you're like that's not any city and then they show that it's like greensburg like the only thing in greensburg that looks like anything in new york would be like the the uh the jp morgan building just because it's yeah. so fucking huge other than that it's like no if you stay street level i guess it would be fine but if you show anything like yeah it's small town um he, so paula comes up jesus I love this. Just keep calling her Paula. Commit to it. Fuck it. At this point, just come on. Um, Terry comes over and they chat. And I mean, we don't have to get into all the chatting, but basically what happens is Joey tries to talk to Terry about what happened with the kid. And she says she finds the kid outside before she even knew what was going on. And he was like grabbing for the box. Yeah. Said he was a thief anyway. And he stole this thing and she pulls it out of her bag and she's like, it's it was this and it's it's the lament configuration and it's all like made out of stone yeah it's it's is it stone i know yeah when they pull it out is it stone yeah it's like whatever the 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 statue's made out of yeah it's it's whatever the statue's made of soap stone whatever yeah hell stone which then they cut to uh back to jp and he notices a hole i guess where the kid broke it out of the statue or the column and he hears something and it sticks his hand in there and a rat bites As you the do. shit out of him. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Like, what's that noise? I wonder, hand goes in I first. wonder how many jump scares that got in the theater. And when the rat bites him, he bleeds and it goes all over the column yep. and it, it's absorbed into Pinhead's mouth. Yeah, and it's, it face. sizzles when it hits. No, and, that's him going... <laughs> <laughs> and he's speaking snake sounds. But I was talking... I noticed that the there's like a, a continuity error with this, or maybe there's a reason for it. But the column, when the blood is soaked into Pinhead, his head is upside down at the bottom of the column, and then later on, his head is at the top. It was up at the top to begin with, but, I think, and then it goes down to the bottom. Yeah, then it goes down upside down. He's why? Why? Yeah. So he there's a plot. It was a plot hole. They're like shit. How is he going to catch the blood? Because blood is going to flow down, not up, dumbasses. Let's just make him down. I mean, he could just, uh, like, I don't know, just absorb it through any part of the statue. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I mean, he's a demon. In your face, not not uh, Clyde Barker. Which kind of goes into the whole, um, the fact that he needs blood and flesh to be regenerated goes into the first movie and kind of the whole point of... We're not the point of Hellraiser, but a lot a plot point of how they become who they no, are. That took, 
Because it took Frank a lot more bodies than that. Yeah. To yeah. even get near that. It took him like well, 40 fucking bodies. We're ca- we only get a sneak preview. Who knows how many bodies JP feeds to him? Yeah. yeah I guess that's true. He was giving a rose to a girl like every fucking night. Yeah, so now is this is where it, we see JP in the boiler room. Oh, first off, you know, whenever uh, Joey went in there, we didn't address this one bartender that she talks to, who is the screenwriter of this movie. He because he does come back. That's why it's kind of important. Oh, his name's uh, Peter Atkins. He's a bartender. Whenever Joey first sees him, he shoots a flame out of a cup. Like he's making, he just made a flaming Dr. Pepper for somebody or something. Yeah. Any, anyways, that was a little shoot back because we forgot to address it. But uh, yeah, now JP's at the boiler room. He sees this uh, young blonde girl across the bar with her boobs out, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and he like looks at the bartender, the one from earlier, the screenwriter of the film, and it's like gives him an eye, and he's the bartender gives him a signal back and he takes out of the like freezer or ice machine he takes out a rose and goes and brings it over to her and she's like you can't even hear any audible line she's like what what's this who's that from and all of a sudden jp swoops in all smooth it's like i give a rose to only a special lady a really special one cuts to him fucking her and uh, in his bedroom with the column behind him, right? And Andy, you want to take over because some special effects magic comes in there. Oh well, okay. So like Dustin said, he's fucking her <laughs> with the column behind. Um. So yeah, uh, they get done. He almost does an American Psycho Christian Bale type thing. Oh, he sure does. He leans he's, back like he's an angel about to fly while he's fucking her. Yeah, he's like, Wah! and he's also smoking a cigarette. Oh, yeah, he's uh, smoking a cigarette an entire time. While he's uh, having uh, intercourse. And that's, I mean, that's so hard, I'm assuming. Like, I don't know. Like, when you're younger, I guess it's easier, but whatever. Anyway, so he, he gets done, and she's, like, walking around in her, the, the, his apartment. And she's, like, eyeballing his art. And she's like, this is really cool radical it's like really dark and like all this artwork looks like clive barker paintings or has like the very it looks like a very close a reasonable facsimile and so he's just pissed off and he's like whatever leave me alone give my shirt back and get out of here and she's bummed she's like you gave me a rose and he's like i'll give someone else a rose i'm a piece of shit look at look at me for fuck's sake and so yeah she's like you goddamn lying bastard damn lying bastard you son of a bitch you can't do this to me she gets near the pillar and then fucking a chain pops out of the pillar and just grabs hold of her right in her head right isn't that the first right well the first one i think it's like two around her like one around her midsection and one around her legs and it like picks her up and Pinhead's like starts hollering at her, like, Bah-ah! yeah, it's like, this weird. Bah! It's like, uh, it's really cool. I love the yell. He goes, it sounds like, like electronic and like weird audible. Like, it sounds like Dr. Canard's yell whenever he's being transformed. Like, like, yeah, yeah. And to think I hesitated. And so, like, he shoots a hook into her forehead and like rips her skin off. It, Man, it is like full on 9092 CGI. Dude, it rips <laughs> it all off in one movement. It's. Yeah, and then it, it, it sucks into his face, into his mouth hole. It looks like a gravy cape. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cool because um, the girl's name is Sandy, I believe. That yeah, the blonde lady. 
but the person in the prosthetics where it's just showing all the muscle tissue and stuff is actually uh, Terry. Mm-hmm. From exactly. The yep. So, yeah, it rips her skin off, and then it starts just, like, full-on just gobble, 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 eating her. And then he starts to talk to JP, and he's like, what did you see? And he's like, that was evil, man. He's like, no, you enjoyed the girl. So did I. <laughs> doesn't he pull out a gun and he points it at pinhead this column yeah. pinhead and uh he yeah you're like i'm sorry to pick up what you're saying and then he tells him he's like oh yeah you d- you didn't enjoy it like you didn't enjoy killing your parents with that very gun yeah the same gun you used to kill your parents he just blasts this fucking big ass gun at pinhead face and pinhead just spits out the bullets and then they form an alliance oh, he's basically yeah. like hey I need to become alive and you can help me and I can help you have sex with random women. Let's let's do a thing. Yeah, that scene where he he shoots Pinhead, I forgot all about it because it leaves no wound on the column but Pinhead is he spits out at least three or full four bullets. I thought that shit was awesome. Dustin, I'm really surprised you're not gonna uh, do the, the one liner that happened right here. I can't I dude I, I've I've seen this movie twice. I saw it when I was like uh, probably like fourteen, fifteen, and then I saw it a couple nights ago. The uh, there's a part where JP when he sees uh, Pinhead and realizes oh, yeah. he's alive, he's like, "Jesus Christ!" And Pinhead, "Oh yeah, not, not quite. quite, not quite." Great one liner, I love it. I do have a one a one liner. Uh, I have a couple of one liners later. There's um a little backstory that you find out about kind of you know because Joey's looking for information on the box and she finds they go to the the art gallery the where art it was gallery bought. and where the the column is and they find that the column is the or the statue is the property of the Chenard Institute in the folder it has all the information and called these drawings about the box. And pictures of Kirsty and um, and and uh, Pinhead as in human form. Yep, and uh, it has a video of uh, interview with Kirsty when she was taken to the Chenard Institute. Well, um, it has a, that bloody mattress too with the chains on it. The picture. Uh, well, she call, oh yeah, she calls Doctor. See, this is something I was going to ask you, Dustin. She calls the institute and talks to a Doctor Fallon on the phone for her to send. For them to send her the tapes that you're talking about of Christy being interviewed. Kirsty. Uh Kirsty, yeah. And um do you know a Doctor Fallon from the second movie? Or is that just some random doctor they put in there? I think it's unless it's the doctor that tries to help her that's almost like Kirsty's new love interest. Do you remember? Yeah. That might be. I can look it up really quick. No, that's fine. I just didn't know if you knew. Yeah, but No, I mean they seem to try to tie at least in these first three tie in as much stuff but let me see that would be cool she does get the tapes from this doctor um they're sent and it basically shows Kirsty explaining the box and how what she's seen and the demons that come oh, out of it she that's not him demons. by the way it's not okay. no that dude's name is kyle <laughs> oh kyle okay um and as she's watching the tape um you see Elliot Spencer shows up in the middle of the tape after, like, you know, there's the white static. He says, she's telling the truth, Joey. She's telling the truth, Joey. Which, you know, that's scary, isn't it? You're watching a VHS tape. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's fading in and out like the censor tape, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's telling the truth, Joey. 
basically the next thing the big plot point that happens is jp is now trying to get the box he knows pinhead knows where the box is jp's trying to feed pinhead as many people as possible and he actually gets terry his ex-girlfriend to come over and he tries to feed her to <laughs> yeah. him come on baby i missed you yeah i've changed and, but that fails that- miserably <laughs> he about ropes her in so many times and it is so lame i'm sorry so he he tells terry i just want to like, hold you i just want to hold you. yeah no yeah and it's like <laughs> she's like well come lay on the bed and he's like no it'd make more sense for you to come to me right and he's standing by the column <laughs> yep. and so yeah he gives, he gives a throwback line that come to daddy from uh, oh Uncle yes Frank. yes Come to Daddy is now said in all in the first th- every one of the first three movies. So, what happens to P J P? He gets knocked out. Well, no, this is what happens, right? So, um, let me let me uh, try to remember this. So, she's like running away from him. She goes. Uh, they're wrestling around. He picks her. He knocks her around a little bit, and then he's taking her over to the column, and she's able to subdue. Him. Oh, she has brass knuckles in her pocket. That's right. Yeah, she punches she him with clocks his ass. In the yeah, face. and Blah. he and he's laying there like kind of convulsing. She got him good, yeah. and she goes to the door to leave, and the door's locked. And Pinhead propositions her. Uh, yeah, he basically tells her like, you know what happens if you leave. The same old shit is out there. Yeah, uh, this is just gonna. Right yeah, the, you're gonna end up with dudes like this for the rest of your life. You're gonna be miserable. Cha- you're never gonna have what you really want, basically. Yeah, like you can help me, and I can give you a whole new world. Besides all this bullshit, help me right now. The key is laying at my feet. Uh, hell hath no fury uh, like a woman scorned, and then so she rolls him into the pillar. Yep, and also she has a problem where she never dreams, and she finds it very fascinating when people do. Oh no, it's it's really that comes funny. Up again in the end. Yeah, because Joey, you know, tells her about the nightmare that she had. You know, she's like, "I'm having nightmares," and she's like, "That's so weird. I've ne- I never dream. I do not think." And I know you guys have a crush on this girl. I, like, I kept making fun of her because her face permanently stayed like the entire time. The teeth, like teeth showing, but she has like the biggest frown smile it was just, it's just so weird uh <laughs> how a lot of people looked in the 90s it, we were all very confused it was all very confusing <laughs> no time. but that whole thing it was like she she wasn't just meaning like i don't dream at night it was almost like she doesn't have a dream a purpose in real life you know she was because yeah, she it, was like that cool girl that was like i don't really dream oh yeah she also I just smoke er, clothes. earlier the first time she stays with joey she almost uh, burns the kitchen down because she doesn't know how to cook and she's dude, like she, that was awful yeah dude, it was terrible and joey's like oh have you never cooked before and she's like Haha, i'm a kitchen virgin <laughs> so dumb sorry now yeah uh cutting back she is feeding uh jp to him and pinhead i don't know why these are laying around but he takes like piston gears and smash the smashes them through his head no, it just comes out of the statue for, like, no fucking reason. I thought they like, were laying they, on the ground and they just get... No! They just came out of it. And it was just, like... He had, like, this big uh, claw that hits his face. And it's, like, Pinhead went to, like, advanced auto parts. And he just had these random auto parts. Like, hang on a second. I gotta get rid of these. Bam, bam. <laughs> yeah, that's all hell is, is advanced autos. Yeah, everybody's in line. Like, I, these windshield wipers don't fit my car. That sucks. Damn it. Get in the zone. 
next. Well, the, the statue after he eats uh, JP, that was the final body it needed, and it turns into oh yeah, kind of flash, uh, fleshy kind of stop motion transformation where Pinhead is finally released, and like it looks like the souls or whatever it was are coming back to life. It like kind of changes color and becomes fleshy and. There's goo and shit shooting out of it and all kinds of stuff. Yes, he comes back to to his his full form and he looks at Terry and extends his hand to her. And that's that cut away from that scene. Now what? Uh, Joey wakes up and basically there's a portal in her closet and she yeah. goes in there and she meets Elliot Spencer for the first time. She's actually watching him try to open the uh, the love merchant configuration. Yeah, and he won't answer her and then finally they end up talking and she's in world war one kind of ditches with dead bodies in the trenches there's like it looks i don't know if you paid attention to any of the bodies but they look like straight up shitty dummies like the no, some of them were like it was just all like torsos yeah and uh flabby little flap flabby arms the director of this movie was one of the soldiers also Somebody said, she says, what the hell is going on? And he says, that's right. Hell is going on. <laughs> hell is exactly what is going on. Uh, she should have been like, that doesn't really answer my question. That just makes it more cryptic. The, what the fuck is going that on? Sounds, I'm, in my, I'm in my underwear in a trench, dude. That sounds like part of a preacher sermon. What's going on? Hell, that's right. Exactly. Oh my God, you're right. I am going to burn. That's what's really hell. up, kids. De- Hellfire and damnation. So we kind of we kind of touched on some of this earlier, but this is where it explains why and how she is having these dreams and why he's approaching her. Basically, through her ge- dreams, Elliot Spencer was able to find her. Elliot Spencer is Pinhead. Yes. Then it goes into his whole backstory, like I yeah, kind of already pre-explained. And this is the first time you ever find out his what his human name was. Yep. It's Elliot Spencer, and he's like, basically, yes, we were. I was Pinhead, but now I am free, basically. But Pinhead is still in existence, and we, you have to bring him to me so we can stop him, or he's going to bring hell on Earth. The fact is, the box is the portal to hell that he's trying to destroy so he can stay in our world forever. But the box has to be given to him before he can't take it from people. He has to be given it. Um, kind of like that reminds me of something. Uh, I guess a vampire like, having yeah. to be invited inside. <laughs> yeah, guess, uh, yeah. uh, what is it? There's tons of things like that, right? Yep. So now that Pinhead is out, this is where the he got the club is popping. There's a bunch of people there popping <laughs> and locking down in there. Uh, Armor Saint playing yeah. again. <laughs> Armor Saint gonna make you faint. Armor Saint gonna make you faint. You you notice while <gasps> Armor Saint is playing, these the sculptures start moving and shit, and then it it, it turns to full on carry gymnasium fucking murder fest. Oh yeah. Oh dude, it, it reminded me of the uh, uh of Wishmaster from Wishmaster. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just from all the the bizarre fucking CGI. And here is the Zach Galligan thing. So okay. The first person that got killed, it was like a uh, the chains happened, and the guy grabbed the chain, and he was like, "I got this shit," and then he it pulled back and ripped his fingers off. Which, which they you look, look like at it, it was the, ch- the ends of the chains look like uh, fish hooks. They're not yeah, even like, like little, big hooks. Yeah, like little tri hooks. Like they're not yeah. like huge, big, rippy hooks. And then the next guy you see, it's just a pool stick. And it flies in this dude's stomach. It's fucking Zach Galligan. And you're like, oh, that's cool. It's from Gremlins. It was like a weird little uh, yeah. thing. And then you get like a big ice 
uh, crystal that forms out of this girl's glass and turns into Pinhead's face first for some. Oh weird. yeah, yeah, that was weird as fuck, man. <laughs> he's like, he, like he pops up, like, hello, and then just like jam, like right into her mouth, yeah. and then <laughs> a uh, dude get the barbed wire face, which that'll come back later, and then just a random eyeball ripping, and then. And then Man. The D- okay, so the DJ is funny because the DJ is just like this stoner dude, and he's not super face. He's like, dang, and like these CDs are just kind of flying around his head, and he's like, wow, okay, and then just like, <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Yep. yeah, and just nail his whole face together, and then that'll come back. I love, I love it because the doors lock, and everybody's stuck in there, and you just hear the chains and the people screaming and shit, and blood starts pouring from under yeah. the door and shit. Oh, yeah. You it's like someone just turned the, over a bucket of paint. Yeah. yeah, you just hear the chain, just the chains around the door, like, shishing, shishing. Like this rad echoing chain sound, this blood pouring up underneath the door. It's a fucking cool shot, dude. And yeah, then, dude. so it cuts to uh, Joey turns on her TV, and she sees that there's, like, madness going on. Can I, oh, I man. need to interject, because I think, I don't know if you'll know this, but the the person who is the reporter for it's Rick Amy. It's Rick Amy from WXII when we were younger. Dustin, do you cool. remember from him at all? what? WXII Channel Twelve News. No. Channel Twelve News. And he was basically the Cameron Kent of his day. Yeah, he was. He uh, he he was a reporter back in the day. It was crazy, yeah. man, seeing him again because I would yeah, watch but- him on the news every day with my parents, and then like. Fucking uh, Andy Griffith would come on. He, yeah, he was like the main guy, and it's cool because he says uh, Rick Amy at the end. Yeah, and I'm like that. I remember seeing. I was like, that's so cool. I was like, I just watched him on the eleven o'clock news. They so eat, he's like local celebrities are. Then he even uh, they even use the, the the same channel he's on in our network. Uh, they say this is Channel Twelve or turn it to yeah. Channel Twelve. <laughs> yeah, WXI Channel Twelve because it used to be uh, Channel Twelve. Anyway. Um, well, you kind of find out that that report's not real, though, right? Well, yes, I'm getting to that. So Joey's seeing it, and she's like, you know, it's like showing like yeah, it's a fucking crazy murder spree killer scene, and she immediately calls Doc, her cameraman, and is like, Doc, turn it to Channel 12. It's fucking bananas. Meet me down at the boiler room now. And he he gets up and turns on the TV, and he doesn't see shit, and he's like, oh, oh well. And he so he heads that way. Now, we cut to Joey. She shows up there, and she's inside the boiler room, and she sees, like, all these dead people killed many different ways, and then she eventually sees Doc, who is, like, he's propped up. He's sitting on his ass, but his head is in his hands, and his camera is on the stump of his neck. And she's, His camera's oh. making noises. Yeah. Voot, voot, voot. And, oh, yeah, we're bringing that back from episode one. Uh, plenty of <laughs> in this one. Oh, the leg, leg. Leg it up. And uh, so, anyways, then Pinhead reveals himself to Joey. She has the box. So, uh, someone. That whole scene, though, it feels like a movie, like a, a music video. Because there's like, as she's going up the steps into the club, there's like torches outside and shit. And yeah. then like, there's fans spinning. You know that like blue light that comes through fans back in like hair metal videos oh, and yeah, shit yeah, in the yeah, fog? Exactly. Well, like, there was a hair metal band show happening yeah, pretty yeah, much. it's true. Pinhead says like some super cool shit to her. Like when he like first encounters her, he said, I even wrote it down. He says, oh, it's unbearable, isn't it? The suffering of strangers, the agony of friends. There is a secret song at the center of the universe, and its sound is like razors through flesh. 
And you're like, that's a lot to like, when you walk into a room, you just hear like, <laughs> you know, uh, this creature say this to you. But then like, she starts telling him like, you know, fuck you. Like, she's like, let me get the box. And then she's like, no. And then he yells like, don't debate with me, girl. Just come here and die while you still have the option of doing it quickly. It's like, dang. Okay, that's cool. Then she just bolts. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm yeah, out. she takes Hard off, dementia. but all sorts of madness chases after her. Man. Cars on fire, shit exploding all around her. A taxi, a taxi hits a telephone pole, and then the pole falls. Electricity starts shooting out, and then his t- his tires catch on fire, and everything just starts oh. exploding. Oh no! And the she fire the fire hydrant water is following her, yep. and it's electrified. Yeah, it's so electrified. she's ab- <laughs> about to get electrified, <laughs> electrocuted. Evil snake power lines. Is Shit is blowing up. Everywhere. Oh yeah, those uh, those power lines are fucking yeah. Tr- it's almost like Evil Dead tree style. Try yeah, getting this, at her. This, folks, this is what it's like downtown Greensboro every Saturday night. I promise <laughs> you. She finally stops in front of those like cliche uh, TV stores, and there's a bunch of TVs there, and one of them cuts on, and you notice that it's a shot of herself from a distance. That's a cool shot, too. It's yeah. super creepy. Anytime I see that, you're like, ah! And then you see one of the first Cenobites of the film. Oh, man. Oh, it's Doc, and he's back as Camera Head. Camera Head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Camera Face or Lens Face. Damn it. No, I know the names. Uh, I know, but I, I I didn't even look them up, but I'm excited. So, I mean, it sounds like somebody just made some shit up. Camera head? Yeah. No, all of these. Mine. It gets worse to me. I, I can imagine. <laughs> but, uh, for I have one movie. of the toys on my wall right there. Yeah, we'll get. I love him. We'll get to him, too. But um, anyways, he's revealed, and he he's like causing carnage, and this guy runs up. And, or uh, Joey's. This is how it starts. Joey's in front of a TV store, and she realizes she's being filmed. Turns around, it's Camerahead, and there's like a bum or somebody on the street. And Camerahead goes up Dude to him. Looks like he looks like a ex member of Pearl Jam in the nineties. Yeah, or it looks like a guy that would like hang out with Ricky Rackman in like yeah. nineteen ninety four. <laughs> like, hey man, like we're cool, right? Like I guess I kept like a cheer one. I kept expecting Ricky Rackman to show up in this. But, he um, might dude, have been in there. Dude is also, like, does not give a fuck. He found a lady on the street. Everything's blowing up around him, and he's like, nah, man, everything's cool. Just chill out, lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, she runs in this guy, and sh- and then immediately he turns around. There's camera head, and he now has a lens, a big-ass camera lens for an eye, at which he jabs through this dude's skull all the way so you can see through the guy's head to see Joey, and uh, camera head says one of my favorite lines of the movie. He says, uh, are you ready for your close-up, Joey? <laughs> oh, my God. God it makes my, makes my head hurt every time Fucking I hear it. I'm like, terrible. Dude. And then as he's chasing after, he says, have you seen what he, have you seen what he did to me, you little bitch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and you come across, you, you're coming across the poor fucking taxi driver that where all this shit started from. And he's like, crawling out of his car like hurt as trying to get home and all of a sudden you see the next cinnabite well aren't there cops out there too that's coming up okay not yet not yet so the taxi driver 
meets the next Cenobite. Uh, yes, and his name is CD, the DJ. <laughs> guess what? And guess what? The DJ. He looks like he's a gimp with CD sticking out of all of the top of his head and his mouth. And that is also his weapon. He shoots those CDs out and dices the fuck out of you with them. Yeah, so I noticed, too, that he has a CD tray that comes out of his chest and In CDs fly chest. out of it. <laughs> it's like a six-disc changer. It's like a six disc fucking changer he has in his tummy, and he's like, "Here come, here come, here comes the weapon," and he just like, "Jeep, jeep." Taxi driver like, takes one to the head. That's all there is yeah. to it. Bam, that's it. But, those those fucking AOL uh, free thirteen hundred hours discs were fucking hard. His head, <laughs> his head sounds like a disc changer uh, moving discs around in it. Did you notice yeah, the like, oh no, the whole <laughs> every time he moves. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all changing tires again, I hear. I was yeah. talking. I was like, what if he just, when he's excited, it's in these tires? So then Joey just starts fucking running again. Shit's blowing up again. This brick wall blows up, and all of these like bricks hit her, and you, they're obviously foam because they're just oh, like, yeah. sitting on her neck and shit. And then we see the third Cenobite comes out, and which is my favorite, I think. Barbie or Dreamer? Barbie. Okay. Yeah, Barbie comes out, and I was really perplexed by this one. I was like, I, uh, they, uh, the other dudes don't agree with me. We kind of talked about it, but I thought, I was like, is this Butterball? Is this a female Butterball? Or is it a female Cenobite? But no, it's Barbie, the bartender, yep. the screenwriter of the movie. He, uh, he is a Cenobite that basically just shoots fire. That's pretty much yeah. his bag. But, but he carries around a shaker, uh, glass full of, just uh, one, just yeah. one. And it apparently has fat <laughs> gasoline but yeah he has, he's <laughs> he has a blowtorch mouth and a gasoline shaker yeah he's gained uh about uh 90 to 102 pounds in the last 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. he's got barbed wire for a face he's got a huge dress on he has the ability to blow fire for whatever reason and he just got a shaker that's one use only and this has gas in it yeah and like he, it doesn't even it, like it's not even a magical hell one well that's they're all standing together at this point too but they're all like basically sh taking turns showing what well, they that's, got that's when the cop comes up the cops show up and joey's like get the hell out of here there's nothing you could do and the cop's yeah. like the dude yeah the female cop yells shit gasoline well the dude <laughs> that's what i was gonna the say is guilford county police department shows yeah. up <laughs> <laughs> uh the cinnabite what's his name barbie barbie takes barbie. takes the shaker and it sounds like he's really making a drink like it has ice in it and he's like Chuck, 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 and then he throws the gasoline on the cars and blows blow torches the shit out of them and they they fucking the, the cars explode immediately there's no time it just fucking yeah. immediately blows up it was, it was hell gas. Like, just throw the gas. Like, that's it. And did you notice that they're on Market Street in Greensboro? That's, no, they were on North Market Street. And yeah. did you see the uh, news and record um, uh, newspaper uh, kiosks on the corner yeah, which yeah. was running? That was awesome. Like, yeah. the old green ones. That's very cool. CD hits a cop in the head with a CD. As, as what would happen in real life if you threw a CD at any human being, ever. Death immediately. So, oh, know, yeah. Sean the Dead had it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, then, that was records, not CDs. Well, still, I'm just saying, like, you know. Yes, yes. You circle music. <laughs> circle music. You have another line from old Doc, who is now camera. Go ahead, camera head. Camera head, and he just says, 
That's a wrap. That's a wrap. God. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how I forgot that one. Like, that's the the line Kay laughed the hardest at. Like, she about shot out of the fucking couch. Well, because there's it. such a close-up of him saying it. You're like, this is pivotal scene. Yeah, I was thinking, how did this dude get such, like, lines like this? Who is he to get, like, like all these one-liners? He's like the director's like landlord or something like that. Like he's like, look, you got to put me in your movie, otherwise <laughs> you're you're on your ass, dude. Um, so now Joey's still running. Now she's ran into a church, thinking like, okay, these are demons from hell. Surely they can't come into a church, right? And the priest walks up, and she's like, you know, he's like, oh, what's what's the matter with you, be child? And oh, for shame, Josh. Fucking oh, who don't care? How are you? Oh, no, yeah, she's in there, and he's like, what what's you know bothering you? And she's, I'm being chased. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm taking out my Irish accent. Uh, t- uh, oh, I'm being chased. Oh, for God. Oh yeah, you got chains. I don't after think you. he's Irish, is he? He's just like, hey, what's wrong, no, with child? Some dude. Yeah, she's like saying that. It's you a kid. There's demons. Yeah, she, she says yes. There, don't go out. Don't let them. Don't answer the door. There's demons, and he's like, "There's no such things as demons. That's a metaphor." It's but a that's parable. like the priest's whole thing. That's all the church's whole thing is that demons are real. Like, dude, you're showing your hand right now. Like, what? He uh, goes to see the door. Pinhead just bursts into the building. He shatters like almost all of the stained glass in there. They're all like, you know, running away from him. And he has some of the best dialogue in the movie. He's, like, basically trying to convince Joey just to go with him. He's going to kill the priest. And he does... I remember seeing this scene. I completely forgot about it. I was like, this is one of the most... Uh, is the, I don't know if this is a word, but blasphemic scenes. Blasphemist. Blasphemist? Blasphemistic. Calalistic. Fragilistic. Super calorific. Yeah. Uh, and one of the biggest... Uh, like a next band. One of the most, uh, if, if, I thought it was a super fucked up scene. Uh, I thought it was, uh, I was going to go for, to hell for sure for seeing this. Well, that's interesting you say that because <laughs> the people in the state of North Carolina freaked uh, out about them filming this scene and they would not let them film this in a real church. That is true. And they had like, to nope. do like a, just a backdrop room they built and that's how they did it so pinhead is standing above them he takes out a top nail from his head which turns out to be fucking huge it's like about uh 10 inches long probably and it has a weird gnarly maggot worm on it he takes it stabs it through one hand takes it another nail is it two separate nails two separate nails and stabs each palm yeah and stabs it through his other palm outstretches his arms and then tilts his head over like he's Jesus on the Christ. Uh, Jesus on the Christ. Jesus, Jesus on the Christ. <laughs> Jesus on the freaking Christ. Now you're going uh, to hell. Jesus on the cross and says, I am the way. Then the stained glass blows out behind him. And like the fire on the candles is like yeah. suit going, shooting up real high. It's, it's a fucking Brad shot. It's one of his, uh, one of Doug Bradley's uh, pictures that you get autographed at That's conventions badass, usually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he so he grabs the priest and he he tears flesh off of himself and shoves it in the fucking priest's mouth to give him like communion. Oh, the pinhead yeah. communion. <laughs> Happy are those who come to my supper. Yeah, <laughs> that, there's some it's gross. It's super gross. There's some really gnarly in this movie. He has really good lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is where after all that shit, Joey runs away again to the construction shop <laughs> site. Oh, oh yeah. 
Basically, she's there, and all of a sudden, JP and Terry show up in Cinnabite form. And what are their names, Dustin? Okay, so you see JP might be... They, these are the two weirdest and lamest of the new Cenobites, in my opinion. I like Hammerhead, and I like CD, and Barbie's pretty cool, too. But uh, JP shows up, and he's, like, limping over. He doesn't look anything like his previous self, but he has these pistons going through his head that are operating, like, jerking him around, and his new name is Pistonhead. Yep. And nice. then, And then we see... Uh, Terry and her Cenobite name is Dreamer. Because now she can dream. Yeah, that's her power. She can dream. But she she looks like the female Cenobite. She has a, uh, her throat is slit straight down at the middle. She has a tracheotomy. Yeah, and it's spread open with a cigarette stuck right in her throat. It's so lame. Uh, I mean, yes, she smoked the entire fucking movie. So, yes, even in her, uh, hell Cenobite form she is still smoking but now she can dream I there is a rated like best to worst Cenobite online and she's got the worst because her power is that she can dream yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. and I got quotes for both of them whenever she, they first walk up they have lines that they say to Joey Terry says I can dream now Joey oh you wouldn't believe what I can dream of now I'm like what lighting up and then, um, let's see, Piston Head, he, his only line is, relax, baby, this is better than sex. Yep. Better than sex. But he's like, <laughs> then, then, they, then the two Cenobites proceed to encircle Joey and start humping her. Piston Head humps her, and then Dreamer begins to uh, put cigarette burns. Oh, yeah, she's, I forgot just, about the cigarette. <laughs> she is burning like her with cigarettes. Her. She's just being bullied like in high yeah. school, like by the locker. Like that was the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Literally, one of them's humping her, and the other one's just putting cigarettes out on her. Yeah, and like JP pulls out like a baton, and or some sort of like a, a, a pole, and is just like hitting her legs. Like what? Like this attack <laughs> was more confusing than anything. It's like if I would have been Joey, I'd be like, what's happening here? Like, what what comes next? Then all the all the Cinnabites show up at this point, and Pinhead shows up, yeah. and Joey has the box, and the box starts moving, and basically sucks all those cool ass Cinnabites to hell. Bye, They're dream. gone. Bye, Dreamer. Bye, Camera, Camera, Camera Head, Cameraman. Bye, Piston Head. Bye, Piston Broke. Bye. Bye, Barbie. They turn into kind of a electronic mist and float into the box. That, zappy, that. Zap, zappy smoke. Yeah, I mean, they all get sucked into the box, and then, uh, like, isn't Joey calling out for Elliot? She's like, where am I supposed to be? Yeah, and he's not and, answering. Yeah, like, I didn't go through my window. Or oh, yeah, that's what like it was. That. I'm not in my window. Where where are you, Elliot? I'm through my window. And it cuts, it cuts again to the war scene, the field of the Vietnam scene. Right, she's there, and she sees her father walk up, and he's like, some people told me I should come see you, like I was a reward for all the great things you did, I've missed you baby, kind of stuff, and they hug, and then he says, they also said that they you had something to give to me, and so she's just like, oh daddy, I know what it is, and hands him the box, and immediately it's like, ha ha, Joey, you fool. It's it's Pinhead, 
and he transforms. But, Boy, does he transform in your <laughs> But but you realize that you're also in Elliot Spencer's realm at this point. No, uh, well, soon after he gets the box, then yeah, it snaps. That he's like, oh yes, Pinhead, you're not where you think you are. You he, he tricked Joey. Now Elliot's tricking him, and it's like a big mind fuck to those. And people. Elliot, you're in my world now. And Elliot's like, let's go to hell. And then Pinhead says, ladies first. <laughs> and slams Joey, f- cover- covers her in bondage gear, just puts leather all over this lady. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, man. And like, and then so she's in this huge bondage, like face mask, and she's roped up. And this huge thing comes out of the ground, and I wrote it down, and I always forget this is in the movie. I called it's it a just, sex demon came out of the floor. <laughs> I wrote I wrote down in all oh, capital. Oh, yeah. That was like this weird... No, it, it says penis huge, monster. Huge. <laughs> I wrote down huge monster cummy dick bidet. <laughs> yeah, because it it kind of insinuates there's a crotch shot with it, like her crotch is behind it, and it's like insinuating. Yeah, shot but like the of, thing in the middle looks like a weird uh, spiny dick because it's got chains on it. But it's it has got all like, this white shit coming out. It, it has it. a like, fleshy uh, cup around it. Yeah. Yeah. So like it looks like a bidet or something. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden it just turns into like machinery. Yeah, this Borg, I wrote, huge Borg face knives. It reminds me of something out of Tokyo Gore Police. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. And Elliot and Pinhead struggle over the box, and it falls out of Pinhead's hand, hits the floor. Well, they, yeah, and then they they meld together. Yeah, as they're struggling and melding together. Yeah, which is... It's kind of a cool-looking scene. It is. um, They, They can join at the head first. It looks like how, like, in John Carpenter's The Thing, like, with the two merging with the head. Yeah. I was reading that this is the first time that somebody else has portrayed Pinhead on film was in that scene right there because, you know, Doug Bradley had to be Spencer Elliott. Elliott Spencer. Elliott Spencer, excuse me. And they had to have a stand-in in the other costume as they were melding together to make it look right. Ooh. And he said he got uh, very jealous. He's a he's very jealous over that character. Well, this I, is his role of a, his lifetime yeah. role. Yeah, and he's he's talked about it before in other films. Because you remember that one Hellraiser where they recast him with the CGI Hellraiser man? Judgment. Oh my! Oh boy, God. that was real. Uh, that that movie was made. Maybe Revelations also. I don't know which one came first, but I'm pretty sure Doug Bradley is not the pinhead. No, was. yeah, it was a different guy, and yeah, it was a different guy in Revelations because it was a bigger, yeah, it was a bigger guy than the other one. So as um, you find out that Pinhead is basically absorbing uh, himself as Elliot Spencer, as that's happening, she's fiddling with the box and it turns into a dagger, which was pretty rad. It's I- almost like how it looked in Hellraiser Two when they're in it Leviathan. Like Leviathan. Yeah, Leviathan. Yeah. 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 And she, but it's funny because Pinhead sees her doing that, and he is doing the slowest walk ever. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> he, he is like going like he's gnashing his teeth like. Girl, Come you. here, girl, and he is seriously god. maybe five feet away from her. He's got a chapped ass, man. He's wearing a lot of leather. He's been running around all day. He's <laughs> sweaty underneath there. <laughs> we if need I to worry about him. Get this man some gold bond. <laughs> if I move too fast, these knives are gonna poke me. Look at me. I'm not even wearing any clothes. Ow! Oh god, these are like barbecue forks. You should see how many pins are in my ass right now. <laughs> Albert oh, Fish. I put Albert Fish to shit. <laughs> Please come to me. So Pinhead is sucked into the box after she stabs him with this knife. 
And then it, it's the shittiest, cheesiest, like, way for the box to fall to the floor. Oh, she also yells, go to hell. Yeah, she does. She does. After he screams, send me to hell. Yeah. So it's a lot of hell speak. It's like, send me to hell. Go to hell. Like, well, yeah. I, I just <laughs> what <said> the hell? <laughs> what the hell? You're like, sp- the box spins in the air for a minute and then falls to the ground. It's very weird. But basically, one of the last things that happens in the film I have a problem with uh, this whole night, apparently, there's been a, a whole big One vat, of the last things. Big <laughs> vat of wet concrete at this construction oh, site. Oh, yes. God damn it. And the whole, it's like morning time, you know. Somebody poured this yesterday, and she sticks this box down in there, and it is the wettest concrete. It's like a fucking, <laughs> like wet, uh, what is it, uh, quicksand and It shit. looks like pudding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Way too much watery oatmeal just got poured like ten minutes prior to this fight. Yep. So basically, she buries it in this construction site. It cuts to the end of the movie, and apparently, that same place has the they cut to the new building that's there, and the whole building inside looks like the, the configuration. Yeah, it's the designs yeah. of that, and there's no explanation to that whatsoever. It's like, oh, if you bury in the cement of a new building, it's going to grow up to be this. Well, I, I had thoughts about this, and tell me what you think if this is stupid, but since the box is there, I was like, maybe the designer was having dreams about it being on site there so much, and all of those designs just came to him through, like, maybe uh, inspiration from hell. Maybe that's what, that's what I was thinking. Like, it was either influencing uh, the, the person, or it just kind of possess the building yeah. or also this is a weird thing too and i might be wrong but remember in like bloodlines the hellraiser in space that's the next uh, one that's part four yeah wasn't in that movie the building was also like had all the limit configuration shit too or am i remembering that really wrong i can't remember part four i can't either it's next on our list though <laughs> yeah no not for dude, not for that. this uh with k and uh she's never seen all the all of the Hellraisers. Well, good good luck with that. Oh, no, we're stopping after part four. I'm switching gears to Leprechaun. Oh, oh please. Oh, thank God. I oh, can't wait for that. Yeah, so then it slams the credits and fucking Motorhead's version of Hellraiser. Hell! Yeah. I will say that the score for this movie is epic. The uh, yeah. orchestra is really awesome. It hits right off at the beginning. Oh, it's so good. Um, I love this movie. There's some bad parts to it, like a lot of movies, but I found my, I found my, I watched it twice in the last two days, actually. <laughs> oh, shit, dude, did you? Yeah, and I, I, f- I had to watch it in two parts today, but. I found it to be good. lovely. Like, it's yeah, fun. it's fantastic. It's fun as hell. It's probably. <laughs> fun as hell. Um, fun as hell on earth. It's probably the one where Pinhead shines the most to me. Like well, the second one, you know, the first one that was kind of disappointing. There's not a lot of Pinhead action. I love Part Two, man. Part Two is good. You no, know, Part Two is famously most people's favorite. Um, do you think that you like this movie because it was the first Hellraiser it, I ever saw? But also yeah. because, do you hold this movie more close because it was filmed? in North Carolina and that you're like, Hey, I know where that's at. Probably now, but back when I was a kid and I liked yeah. it, I just liked it because I thought that column was crazy and there were sex scenes. It looks super cool. And yeah, the whole flesh ripping thing that sold me. I was like, Holy yeah, like, shit, this is crazy. Yeah. Like you're watching the movie and everything's happening. And then like your parents walk in when the sex scenes happen, you're like, why didn't you come on, come in here a minute ago and, People were getting sucked in the. God damn it! Now you're watching me just 
watch people have sex with shoes on. You know in that sex scene with JP and that blonde girl, how he's like grabbing her boobs and does not let go, really? Well, it's because she didn't want to be right. she uh, didn't... have her boobs be shown. So yeah. they're, Sean. they're fixed. Sean. Their fix is for him to knead her boobs like bread dough. Like While he's <laughs> so smoking a cigarette. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Man. It was awful. Like, Allie was watching it with me. She's like, fuck that. Your boobs would hurt like a motherfucker the next day. Yeah. She's like, uh-uh. Like, nobody wants to do that. Also, also, this is the first movie where his name, his, Pinhead's name is actually said Pinhead. Oh, yeah. Because it's either the engineer or they don't even say really, right? Yeah, they just say like the, the travelers or whatever. Um, or yeah, head engineer, whatever. But yeah, at the end, she says, "Play with this pinhead." You're like, hey, that's his. Uh, you know his name. Yeah. All right. You wanna? But yeah. Do you want me to do taglines? No, nah, man. We're still talking about dumb shit. You. I got. I know. Damn it. I have some dumb shit pulled up right here. You want to hear? Go ahead. Yes, I would love to hear these taglines. Uh, well, I'll There's do the taglines. Something but like heaven and hell. No, right here's here. here's some little uh, you know, behind the scenes trivia of the film. So originally, Peter Jackson was asked to to direct this movie, but he declined because he couldn't see himself directing such a serious horror movie. Uh, he said he liked the final product, but he said that if he had made a Hellraiser film, he'd like to he'd like for Pinhead to be whacked against a wall and have all his pins flattened into his face. That's pretty cool. Uh, because he says he just thinks of funny gags like that all the time. There here, there's two taglines for this movie. You tell me which one you guys like better. Oh, I know which one I like better. Okay. But you go. I think this is the most common one. That's like on most of the boxes or whatever. What began in hell will end on Earth. Yeah. He'll offer you the heights of ecstasy, but you'll spend eternity in the depths of hell. Willy, 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 wah, willy, wah, hell, hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite, dude. I like the second one better, yeah. The first one's lame. You've got ecstasy and you've got eternity and you've got hell in the same sentence. Yep. Like I'm, I don't even, you don't even have to finish that. I'm, I'm sold. Like fucking yes, sold. Yes, I want to go. I yeah, eternity, whatever, dude. I'm not doing shit tomorrow. It's fine. Andy, how did you feel about this movie? Oh, dude, I liked it a lot. Um, it's, it's like you said, like it's got a lot of problems, but I have a lot more fun with it. It, 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 I have a lot more fun with it than I have like any kind of problems with it. Um, any kind of later Hellraiser movie after the second one, one. you're going to have a lot of issues, especially like after part four, which we were just talking about. Um, and even with part four, it's like, okay. I, but, I was telling, <laughs> I was telling Dustin cause him and his lady are going to watch, um, the Hellraisers, and I was like, "Wait till you get to the uh, albino cowboys in uh, the later ones." Do you They're remember just the, al- the twins? The twins. I don't even think I got to there. Like I remember, holy I remember shit, it's all part four. I think I remember the one after that. I remember the was the internet one that had Ashley Lawrence came back for it or something. I can. Oh god, no, uh, I fucking remember what it I was. I think uh, the twins are in uh, Inferno. That sounds right. Was it in Inferno? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I like the movie a lot more than I dislike it. Like, I have a lot of fun with it. And, like, I was asking you, because it is filmed in North Carolina, that doesn't sell me, but it's like, it's kind of fun. Um, yeah, it is really fun. 
I mean, but yeah, I get, I take pride in that shit now being older for some reason, but. Oh yeah. And plus like uh, Rick Amy, like, I'm sorry, dude, like Rick Amy, that's my childhood. Yeah. That's a lot of our childhood. Yeah. You're like, Oh my God, he put me to sleep every night. <laughs> <laughs> like I went to sleep after he gave me the, the, the news. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's a good watch, especially if you like, you know, the later Hellraisers and you don't want to get too far off the reservation like later down the line. Yeah. Uh, plus the soundtrack kicks fucking ass. Plus, dude, Armored Saint, John Bush, pre-Anthrax. Come on. Very good. Dustin? What did I think about this, this movie? All right, so obviously big fan of part one. Love part two. Part two was like mind-blowing to me. I saw... So I good. saw part one on TV, like on sci-fi, so it was heavily edited, but it was still fucked up. And then I saw part two mainly because that was one of those things. I have a lot of stories like this where this they had a not-rated version of it, so my dad would let me buy it. I bought a pinhead mask and Hellraiser 2 the same day and immediately snuck off and watched Hellraiser 2 by myself and was in love with it. Like, no other Hellraiser movie can compare to that one for me. But uh, Hellraiser 3 is way it ups the cheese uh, <laughs> so much. <laughs> but there is some cool stuff. I remember the first time I saw it, whenever Sandy gets all the skin ripped off of her, I thought that was insane. And like I said, I thought I was going in hell. Going in, I thought I was going to hell for the scene in the church when he mocks Christ. Uh, yeah, I I, lo- I like the movie. I had a good, I had a fun time watching it. It's definitely not my favorite Hellraiser, but I feel like it's uh, uh if you're a fan of the series that's a crucial watch it doesn't fall too far off i think uh they really start going to hell after inferno i kind of like inferno that's where they introduce the new ideas of basically following a story and then the cenobites basically only show up at the very end in my mind three is where it kind of ends no it goes it goes bad and goofy right i need to see part four again but i remember being like okay inferno not that bad, but then the rest of them, they really trail off to where Pinhead is only in a seriously maybe five seconds of screen time. It's And, you know, they get into dumber, dumber territory. We got, you know, what, Hellseeker, Hellworld, Deader. Uh, Hellworld, that's the internet. Yeah, that's, that's why with Lance Hendrickson, okay. he has an internet party. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's right. Oh, poor Lance Hendrickson. No, they all started coming out like, bam, bam, bam. It was like... Inferno, then Hellseeker around the same time, and then see. I remember them coming out on DVD the same day was Deader and Hellworld, and then years later they tried to remake and tried to, and they had all these complications where Doug Bradley didn't come back. They did Revelations and Judgment. Now HBO is trying to do a series based solely on the book Hellbound Heart, yeah, and Hulu out. is supposed to do a remake of the of the original film. I want a remake of these. To be quite honest, you can keep Doug Bradley, but I think I would like a more serious version of these films. Because, like with Nightmare on Elm Street, it takes a campy turn. They end up taking all of our favorite horror villains and turning them into like a campy whatever. Like a bumper sticker, essentially. Or a meme, as I like to say. And, yeah, and um, I want to see some more dark versions of this. Like, I would love to see Hellraiser come back in like Clive Barker's original 
version, not part one, obviously, because that was a whole different thing. But like this Shakespearean, like evil, like dark version of Hellraiser and not so like, I don't know. I mean, yes, sexualized, but make it like very vicious and like very visceral and like, wow, my eyes are looking at some horrible shit right now. Do you guys remember that fan trailer that they made uh, like a couple years ago? And it was basically like a Hellraiser reboot, but it showed like the camera went through hell and it finally panned in onto the engineer or pinhead on the throne around all these writhing bodies and shit. I did not see that. Yeah, it's It was very cool. And I was like, holy shit, that would be an amazing remake. It's kind of like how Mortal Kombat got. Uh, remember the the fan trailers or the little short films that they were doing to make Mortal oh, the, Kombat? Oh, the web series. Yeah, those were dude. Those were super good. Um, like, those were a lot of fun. It's kind of like that. I'll, I'll show it to you guys if you haven't. Look it up. Thanks everybody for checking us out again for this uh, Hellraiser three episode. Uh, we really appreciate it. And thank you. Come back next time. For a sweet Halloween treat. It's going to get very scary in here with more Udo Kier. Tell them, Udo, tell them where you're coming from. I will just end this with a great, fantastic line from this movie. That's a wrap! <laughs> God damn it, help me. <laughs> oh my god.